Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. If you're fascinated by the darker sides of humanity, join us every week on our podcast, Serial Killers, where we go deep into notorious true crime cases. With significant research and careful analysis, we examine the psyche of a killer, their motives and targets, and law enforcement's pursuit to stop their spree. Follow Serial Killers wherever you get your podcasts and get new episodes every Monday. Hello, spooky friends. It's your captain of the macabre and trusted storyteller, Blair Bathory. You can count on me to find you in the darkness, no matter where you may be, and help guide you through to face our fears together. I promise I would never leave you alone to fend for yourself. In honor of Veterans Day, we return with one of our most popular themes, the ghost of war. War is a terrible thing, and in the aftermath, the places and people affected become scarred forever. And those who die take their experiences from the battlefield with them into the afterlife, leaving them with damage long after the fight is over. First, collateral damage, followed by the surprise kill. Then, a deadly rescue. Finally, in our featured story, Sirens of War. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week. And of those, the scariest ones make it into our podcast along with the story that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Come join our Patreon and meet other horror fans. As a patron, you will have access to our members-only Discord, bonus episodes, and you can help the show and also be a part of the horror and hear your name be featured in one of our podcast or weekly video stories. Visit patreon.com slash snarled. So, want to hear something scary? Ghost of War. During World War II, the city of Bath was bombed on April 25th, 1942, making this year the 80th anniversary of the air raids that shook the city to its core. And even after all this time, families are still passing down stories about the aftermath, based on true events inspired by Selena. It was the year 1962, and David Bourbon Jr. found himself wandering the streets at an early hour. He had been trying to rest when he felt a strong sense of nausea, 
He longed to fall asleep so the sickness would fade, but it never came. A horrible feeling churned his stomach and compelled him to take a walk in the chilly spring air. The moonless sky hung above him as he made his way to the famous old abbey in the center of his home city in the UK. Luckily, he had brought a torch to be able to see down the dark alleyways. He looked up to the ornate stone faces that peered down at him from York Street. A shiver rose in David's spine as he glanced towards the shadow of the iconic Roman baths. He had heard tales of an apparition confined to the darkness waiting to scare anyone in its vicinity. A story to tell children who wouldn't behave, he figured. However, David's mother, Juliet, wholeheartedly believed in ghost stories, so much that she absolutely refused to approach the abbey during the day, let alone in the dead of night. She had only recently told David of the night that Bath burned, Mental images of unknown faces burning alive and being blown to pieces flickered through his mind. He recalled that all it took was the scent of burning meat to throw his mother into a frenzied panic attack. David shook his head, returning to the present. He didn't believe in ghosts. He was being silly. To reassure himself, he lifted his flashlight and flicked its switch. His heart came to a stop as he took in the terrifying sight before him. A horrific crimson splatter on the walls was enough for him to drop the torch, smashing as it collided with the cobblestone pavement. Suddenly, a hand tore from the ground and heaved the rest of its body out of the dirt. Bones snapped into place as the creature made a sound akin to a dying stag. As it stood in the flickering light, David felt as if it was staring straight into his soul. The decaying face was twisted in terror, agony, and rage. Its torso was ripped open from shoulder to pelvis with the gore spilling out. The stench was attracting flies as its innards steamed. The navy blue uniform was caked in stale blood. The only indicator of the former man's time of death was the tin helmet that sat on his head with a worn white AFS on it. That stood for Auxiliary Fire Service. A single centipede crawled from an empty eye socket, and David's stomach lurched. A horrifying moan came from the man as he reached out to David's shoulder, gripping tightly. Then, a string of searchlights hovered in the sky. A strange humming sound seemed to emit from the clouds. Even in his terrified state, David realized that it was the same noise that would cause his mother to freeze when clips from the war were played on the television. The fireman creature in blue looked to the now blood-red sky and screamed hellishly at it as David felt his vision fade. Thankfully, he gave in to the black. When he came to, he was in a hospital bed. His mother sat by his side. Thank God you're all right, she cried in relief. This is why I never go to the Abbey. She caught herself, realizing she had said too much. But David was done with sidestepping. He asked what she meant. She leaned in close and whispered, The reason I never go to the Abbey is because I saw something that night. Your father was helping me escape the city, but he stayed as a volunteer for the fire service. That was the night he died. David's eyes widened as he took in what his mother was saying. She continued, Your father always prided himself on his tidy uniform. 
though the paint on his helmet was a bit worn. After he died, I noticed that weird things would happen if the planes flew over, or if there were men trying to hit on me. The windows in the shops would suddenly all shatter, or the men in the immediate area would suddenly feel sick and faint. One unfortunate soul was so badly ravaged by a vision of your father that he ran to the Pulteney Bridge and jumped to his death. I knew it was your father, though. He did not scare me. David thought that was crazy. If she wasn't frightened of him, then why did she avoid the city center? For the safety of others, she replied. From what she was later told, he had been trying to stop a fire from spreading to the abbey when he was killed. A piece of shrapnel ripped him nearly in half, down the middle. David Jr. knew the terrifying entity he'd encounter was his father. The following night, he made his way back to the abbey. He was still terrified, but felt he needed to do this just once. As the ground began to shake and the abomination crawled up through the crack, he almost lost his bottle. But as the being who had once given him life hissed and snarled, he managed to say what he needed to. Thanks, Dad, for making sure Mom was okay. The specter started at him, and for a moment, David Jr. thought it would attack. But just for a fleeting second, the echo of his father's face appeared as he'd looked when he was still alive. He blinked, and the apparition was gone. After that, David Jr. never walked by the abbey in the dark again, not in fear for himself, but to protect others just like his mother. Have you ever seen a ghost in plain sight? Were you scared or curious? Did anyone else believe you? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. There are many stories of rabid wolves and mysterious beasts in both literature and lore. This legend from the island of Guernsey tells of a very hungry predator that has historians talking even to this day. Written by Janine Pipe. It was not often she was requested to do this extremely early morning task, but father had been adamant she take a turn. It was cold and damp, the heavy mist making it even harder to see the animals despite dawn breaking. 
She could barely even see the farmhouse through the dense forests, although thankfully, she'd had the good sense to stoke the fire before leaving, and the constant plume of smoke from the chimney gave her comfort. The cattle seemed slightly spooked that morning, and Marie was unsure as to why. Although now she came to think about it, it was incredibly quiet. Not a sound emitted from the darkness. Her heart beat a little faster, although she couldn't find a reason for it. The cattle being unsettled must have rubbed off on her. She checked and double-checked the chores were finished and was just about to head back home when she heard a very distinct sound that immediately made the behavior of the cattle make sense. A low growl. Her own hackles rose as she realized exactly what that noise meant. There was a wolf nearby and a large one judging from that growl. The cattle began to herd together, nervously mooing and shuffling about. Marie was unsure of what she should do. It was not unheard of to encounter such an animal, but in her panic and abject fear, she was unable to recall any words of advice she had been given. Her natural instinct was to just run, but the beast seemed to be lurking in the direction she would need to head towards. And father would be apoplectic if the herd were ripped apart because she'd fled like a coward. So with shaky knees, Marie stood her ground, hoping the predator might yet decide there was too much potential prey to choose from and stalk away. But as the wind blew softly through the forest branches, she heard the unmistakable crunching of leaves underfoot and knew the beast was coming closer. The herd also sensed movement and began to get more agitated. Marie added potential stampede to her worries when out of the corner of her eye, she saw a shape. Still hidden by the sun, she was unable to see exactly how big the wolf was. There was always the very faint hope it was a little older than a cub, not yet fully grown. One of the largest bulls began to snort and stamp his hoof. Agitation and bravado, along with the innate sense of protecting his herd settling in. This display of masculine dominance only made Marie more nervous as she believed the bull sensed a fully grown adult male poised for attack. Her blood ran cold as she took in the gigantic proportions of the wolf before her. She was not a large girl. Indeed, the bull could have easily trampled her, but the beast at the edge of the tree line seemed more like something from a nightmare. Almost as tall as a horse, broad, and seemingly crafted of pure muscle, what little early morning light there was glinted off its razor-sharp-looking teeth and claws. It was crouched, ready to pounce, teeth bared and emitting a growl that teared her stomach in knots. Suddenly, it bolted towards her. The speed took her by surprise. Such a gargantuan beast should not have moved so deftly, and she found herself frozen in terror, rooted to the spot. Her eyes fluttered. A flash of fur and teeth a snarling maw and tangle of limbs. Sounds of terror and anger from the herd and their predator. And then a whine, and then nothing but the heavy breathing of the herd. They had circled and protected her, the bull refusing to let the beast hurt her. Several of the animals were mauled, maimed, and worse, but she was unscathed. Marie thanked the animals and ran home to warn her family. Legend tells us over 100 people were attacked by this beast between 1674 and 1677. Was it just a wolf? Or was it possibly something else? 
How much do you believe in folklore like Labette? Would you dare walk the streets of Guernsey alone like I did? Countless bodies are said to be buried on George's Island in Boston. With such tragic and tumultuous war-filled past, it's no surprise that many mysterious sightings of dead people have occurred in and around Fort Warren, like in this tale inspired by Rebecca Fitzpatrick. At the entrance to the infamous Boston Harbor, sits the nearly two centuries old Fort Warren. It was fortified atop George's Island during the beginning of the Civil War as part of a seacoast defense strategy. The fort took the Army Corps of Engineers over 16 years to build. The Fort Warren grounds served as a training camp and a prison throughout the Civil War. It held military officers, political prisoners, and others fighting the Union. Even though it's no longer functioning today, the woman in black has never moved on. Her ghost lingers, haunting the tragic sight and all those wandering its halls. The woman in black was once known as Melanie Lanier. On the ground, gasping for air, Mrs. Melanie Lanier tried to compose herself. She had just received the devastating news that her husband, a Confederate soldier, had been imprisoned at Fort Warren. The young Lieutenant Lanier was captured during a battle in North Carolina early in the war and taken to Fort Warren. He was finally able to smuggle a letter from the island prison to be mailed to his beloved. From the moment she read the letter and discovered where he was, Melanie made it her mission to free Lanier from Fort Warren's walls. After much planning, Melanie put her plan into motion. With fear and passion, she boldly boarded a boat that would take her to George's Island. When she arrived, she was quietly greeted by a group of Confederates that had a house in an alley nearby the prison. She slept at the house and spent every waking moment casing the prison and searching for allies to help her inside the prison walls. Once sent, she communicated her escape plans to her husband. When the time was right, Melanie boarded a small boat along with her trusty pistol, rope, and a pickaxe. Quietly, she sat floating in the darkness waiting for a signal. As time passed, she began to panic. Suddenly, she heard her beloved through the darkness, whistling a popular Southern tune. Melanie knew that her husband was now ready to set their plan into motion. Disguised as a man, Melanie sneakily approached the prison walls. She would use the rope to hoist herself over the imposing walls of the fort. When she got over the wall, she melted into her husband's arms. She couldn't believe she got to hold him once again. The two quickly went to work with their co-conspirators. The couple, along with several other prisoners, began the painstaking task of tunneling out of the prison beneath thick stone walls. Using the pickaxe, they carefully cut through the dense earth. They planned to create a tunnel directly into the armory and weaponize themselves to overthrow the guards and escape. Although they tried to keep quiet, their relentless digging was loud enough to catch the attention of one of the Union guards. He quickly alerted the other guards and a riot broke out. Melanie found herself in a standoff with a Union soldier, brandishing her pistol. Finally, running out of patience, the Union soldier lunged forward, attempting to grab the pistol from Melanie's hands. The gun fired wildly, and when Melanie looked up, it had struck her cherished husband. The love of her life died right before her eyes. Melanie's heart shattered as she watched the life drain from his body. Melanie was swiftly arrested for trying to aid in prisoner escape. 
she was sentenced to death by hanging for the crime of treason. Her destiny quickly went from freeing her husband to heading towards the gallows. Still donning her masculine disguise, Melanie had just one request before her execution. She wanted the dignity of dying in women's clothing. With no women living at the fort, the guards were only able to find a simple black gown to clothe her for her final moments. The body of Melanie Lanier was buried on the grounds, still wearing that black cloth, leaving the world knowing that she was the person that caused her husband's death, tortured her soul. Her spirit remained restless with the guilt and frustration of her failed attempt and fateful accident. In the weeks and months following Melanie's death, she was seen aimlessly walking about the fort in the same black frock in which she was buried. She longingly moved about, mourning her husband. Soldiers saw and felt her spirit amongst them, even driving some lonely soldiers insane with their sightings of her. Over time, the sightings of Melanie's spirit only increased in frequency. She eventually became known famously as the Lady in Black. Her dark, heavy gown swaying in the harbor breeze before her apparition vanished into thin air. Her anger eventually drove her to chase soldiers away from the fort. To this day, the ghost of Melanie has been spotted around the island and roaming about Fort Warren. She's been seen standing atop the impressive entrance arches, staring down at those entering. Have you ever been somewhere new and were shocked to learn the history? What lengths would you go to to save your loved one? In our final story, join my co-host Stephanie as she tells the tale of a Samadiva, inspired by Esther from True Events and animated over on our YouTube channel. During battle, enemy forces aren't even remotely a threat compared to the paranormal demons that lurk in the woods. This story is inspired by true events. My uncle, Nikolai, sat shaking in his chair. He suffers from post-traumatic stress disorder from his time serving as a soldier. And when you hear this story, you'll understand why. Nikolai had been drafted to fight on the border of Bulgaria and Ukraine. He was on patrol with his best friend, Arthur. They were in the same battalion and tried to look out for one another. It was almost midnight and pitch black, only the light of the moon guiding them with their rifles loaded and their senses on high alert. And they continued to pace. They could see their breath in the night air to stop the chill setting in. They kept marching. The frigid air was cold and dense with fog. Normally, the silence was a good sign, but my uncle could see Arthur was beginning to unravel. His pace was picking up, his eyes darted all about, and he was fidgeting with his uniform. Suddenly, he stopped dead. Nikolai almost bumped into him, and then he too stood quite still, listening to a haunting, high-pitched noise. It sounded oddly human, but they couldn't quite place it or understand why it would be there. It seemed to follow them as they continued their rounds, and it was getting louder. Nikolai gave Arthur the signal. 
they got down into a prone position on their stomach and they readied their guns. Nikolai grabbed his cross necklace and said a prayer. This might be our time to die, he thought. Aiming in the direction of the sound, they realized it reminded them of a woman singing. As they could hear the voice closer, they actually thought it was beautiful. Arthur threw his gun down with relief. They couldn't see who it was through the dense forest. Nikolai wasn't convinced and tried to get Arthur's attention. It could be a trap. They had to stay prepared. The sea of trees blocked their vision from the owner of the spellbinding voice. Tears streamed down Arthur's face. It was the most gentle sound he had heard in months. He yearned to see where it was coming from and without a thought, took off into the brush to find her. Nikolai darted after his friend. He knew danger lurked through the trees and they needed to be back at their post. Just as he caught up to Arthur, another silhouette appeared before them. No, Nikolai cried. Sure, this was it. Then, in between the trees, they saw the mesmerizing woman. But it made no sense. What was she doing in active warzo? Singing loudly in a high-pitched, lovely voice, Nikolai watched Arthur slowly approach her, entranced. Her long, blonde, flowing hair reached her elbows and her pale, vibrant skin practically glowed in the dark. Her free-flowing white dress hung loosely over her frame, and her amber eyes glowed like a cat's. And so now, Nikolai was the one getting fidgety. The woman was stunning, but it made no sense for her to be there. She cocked her head and glanced over at him with a sinister smile. Author! Author! Nikolai called, now certain this was a trap. But Author gave no reply his features showing no indication of even hearing his friend. Nikolai tried to physically pull him away, but Arthur shoved him to the ground. Nothing was going to keep him from the glowing woman. Nikolai ran to the nearest checkpoint station to call reinforcements. The singing was fading in the distance and then abruptly stopped. A screeching scream cut through the silence like a knife freezing his insides. Even worse was a high-pitched female laughing as the singing returned, only this time it was much closer. Nikolai gripped his rifle tightly, aiming it into the night. She soon appeared clearly unfazed by the gun. Her beauty and alluring singing made it hard to focus. Nikolai felt his mind being freed of will. He started to slowly advance on the woman, letting his rifle drop to the ground. Any fear in his mind was obliterated, so long as she kept singing her siren song. Nikolai closed the gap between them. As he reached her, she extended her hand. My uncle reached out, and just as he dropped to his knees, kissing her hand, there was a sudden hail of gunfire. Bullets penetrated the woman's skin, and her white dress turned into a crimson blood red, sprayed all over the hard soil, turning the dirt into wet mud. Nikolai snapped out of his trance. At the sound of bullets flying through the air, mere centimeters from his body, that gunfire was meant for him. 
not this poor woman. The reinforcements from his battalion descended upon the scene. They pulled Nikolai out of harm's way, and he was taken back to base camp and checked for wounds. After he was confirmed as uninjured, they returned to collect the body of the woman and retrieve Arthur. But neither was ever found. The woman had disappeared without a trace. No blood, no drag marks, nothing. There was just countless small holes in the hard soil where the bullets had penetrated. There was no way she could still be alive. Arthur wasn't found either. No sign of his body. The only trace of him having been there was his rifle and fresh boot prints. Nikolai began to panic, insisting they both must be there. That's when a native soldier told him what had happened. He was almost taken by the spirit of the Samadiva, an ancient Bulgarian nymph with their hypnotic voice. They show warrior-like qualities, and once they immobilize you, they bring you to the other side. They force their prey to work for them as slaves until they tortured to death. If the reinforcements hadn't appeared when they did, my uncle Nikolai wouldn't be alive to tell us his tale. This week's podcast stories were edited by Sarah Lukasiewicz, Janine Pipe, and Stephanie Strange. Narration by Blair Bathory and Stephanie Strange. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Additional audio editing by Calvin Linderman. Art and graphics by Irma Richardson. Produced by Anna Villalobos. Executive produced by Gail Gilman. Music by Sapphire Sindalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarl.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my spooky friends, sweet screams. <laughs>
All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.